Amen. Uh, go with me tonight to the book of Matthew chapter 8. And, uh, you know, we, we, we are consistently staying on this road of revelation where our authority is concerned. And uh, this, is, this has been the jumping off place that the Lord keeps taking me to in Matthew chapter 8 when uh, Jesus was uh, there in Capernaum. And beginning in verse 5, it says that that centurion came to him, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion, noticed the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, understand, this is the faith statement. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. That's the statement of faith. When you speak the word, my servant will be healed. And he, see, faith and authority have to work together. If you're going to operate faith, you're going to use authority. If you're going to operate authority, you're going to use faith. So here's the faith statement. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And then he uses the word for. So here's the issue. And, and he's, he's explaining. And here's why I know this. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And oh, by the way, here's why I know this. Because I'm a man under authority. I'm a man under authority. Having, notice, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, you go, and he goes. I say to this man, come, and he comes. And to another, to my servant, do this, and he does it. So he says, if you speak the word, my servant will be healed. And here's why I know that. Because even in the natural, I understand authority if I say go, he's going. If I say come, he's coming. If I say do this, he's doing it. And if you tell my servant to be healed, he'll be healed. Hallelujah. Now notice, because I understand authority. The issue is not a lack of authority. It's a lack of the understanding of authority. It's, it's, a, it's a lack of understanding the, the working authority of our authority oh hallelujah this man notice jesus said i've not found so great faith not in israel he understood authority and notice what he said he was specific faith and authority never operate on generalities there has to be a specificness to it Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Not feel better, not look a little better, he'll be healed. Your authority operates when you say what you want. You can't operate authority in generalities. Here, here's a real easy example. Have you ever gotten in a car with your spouse, and you looked at each other and you said, where do you want to go eat? And your spouse said, oh, I don't care. Right? No authority. Somebody make a decision. Right? Because wherever you say to go is where we're going to go. Just Baby, just tell me where do you want to go. Right? Well, I want to go here. Okay, we're going to go where you said. We're going to go. Do you see this? What do you want? From the Father, tell him what you want. It's a requirement. 
Because to receive from the Father, I've got to exercise my authority in the earth. I've got to exercise my authority as a man in the earth to receive from God. I've got to tell him what I want. That's the exercise of my authority. God can't just break in and do something. Somebody's got to ask. Somebody's got to ask on the earth. And when we ask on the earth, it's an exercising of our authority that opens the door for God to do what he said he would do. Oh, hallelujah. But, but somebody's got to ask. And this man said, notice, I say to this man, go, and he goes. I say to this one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it now that that can be oversimplified it's going to do what you tell it hallelujah and and lord help me say this right you can't say something void of expectation You're not just speaking words. That's the carrier of your authority. Hallelujah. That's why when someone says, nothing ever goes right for me. Well, that's not just negative speech. They are authorizing nothing to ever go right for them. They, they authorized it. Authorized authority. They they gave it authority. They gave nothing going right authority in their life. Hallelujah. Uh, right on the other hand, somebody says everything is going my way. Then they're authorizing everything to go their way. When you get on the highway on your trip and you're thanking the Lord and you're speaking words and you say, I thank you, Lord, that in my pathway is life and there is no death. You can expect everything to do with death to move out of your way. You can expect the Holy Spirit to speak to you and warn you and caution you and tell you to do a certain thing because you've already said in your pathway there is life and there is no death. You've already said it. And then you rest and you bank on what you said. Because that, that, that is the post of your authority. I said it. This is how it will go because I said it. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Amen. Glory to God. And, and you got to be cautious with that. Because people will say, well, you know, I hope we don't encounter any accidents. I hope. There's no authority in that. The Bible says in Psalm 91, a thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it wouldn't come near you. I come out of it clean. You come out of it clean. Why? Because I said so. Is that right? Hallelujah. Now, look over at Luke chapter 9. So, faith and authority operate on specifics, not generalities, not general terms. Mm, glory. Verse 1, Luke 9, verse 1. Then he, Jesus, called his 12 disciples together and gave them power dunamis, over power and authority. Power and authority over all devils. All devils. And to cure diseases. Isn't that interesting? We have wonder-working power and authority. Over all devils. The, the, the wonder-working power to cure diseases and authority, exousia, over all devils. Oh, hallelujah. Now, now notice that. 
So the Bible says in the book of James, in light of this, when you resist, when you, when you, when you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Is that right? Well, we've taught it over the years, and, and I'm not trying to just be elementary, but you don't resist the devil with your hands. You don't resist the devil with your force. You resist the devil with your words. You resist the devil with your authority. Is that right? And he said, when you resist the devil, remember, I tell one to go and he goes. I tell another to come and he comes. You resist the devil. What's the result? He flees. Oh, hallelujah. Why? Because I've been given authority over all devils. Amen. What you tell the devil to do, the devil does. Oh, got quiet. Because I'm concerned that believers sometimes are more talking about how the devil's fighting than how the devil's running. Amen. I'll talk to pastors and I'll say, well, how you doing? Sometimes you don't want to ask that question. How how are you doing? Well, you know, the devil's raised his ugly head. Well, kick it in. Isn't that what the Bible says? It, It says that Christ and the descendants of Christ would crush the head of the enemy under our feet. Charles Capps used to say, if you got a message for the devil, write it on the bottom of your shoe because he's under your feet. When you resist the devil, the devil flees from you. I don't care what form he tries to appear in. I don't care what he tries to do in your life. You resist him. To resist anything of the devil is to resist the devil. You resist everything the devil tries to bring your way. You've got to open your mouth and authorize the right thing to occur in your life. You can't run around talking about how bad it is in your family, talking about how bad it is on your job, talking about how bad it is financially, and expect anything other than the bad to occur because you've authorized the bad. You've got to talk about what the Word of God said. My children are saved and living for God. My children are going to be redeemed by the power of the blood of Jesus. Everything is going my way. My finances are strong and stable. My fin- I am building a financial wall around my family so strong, nothing can penetrate it in the name of Jesus. That's what you've got to declare. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's right? No, not why I hope so. What you're authorizing is what's coming because you are authorizing it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 10. And, uh, oh, glory. Verse uh, 17. Oh, hallelujah. Now, Jesus had also authorized, of course, these men. And uh, he says here, verse 17, The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power. I give to you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. I give it to you. You have to exercise it. Amen. Well, things are going this way. Then you've got to open your mouth and correct it. Hallelujah. You've got to open your mouth and correct it. Exercise the authority. Because this, this authority 
is what I've been given. Mm, glory to God. And notice, nothing shall by any means hurt you. If I see it in the Word, I'm authorized to enact it in my life. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Hallelujah. And that authority has been given to you and me. Hallelujah. And I like the phrase, over all the power of the enemy. All of it. All the power of the enemy. Jesus defeated Satan. We know he did that. And then he gave us the job to keep him in that position. That, that's our job. Hallelujah. Remember the scripture where it said... Uh, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Well, it's not just, it's our faith in something. It's our faith in something, in the word of God, in the authority that we've been given. He made another statement, John did. He said, the one that is born of God doesn't sin, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Now, what do you do with that? That the scripture says, there's a place the wicked one cannot touch me. And you know, people will come up with any, any kind of theology. Well, that's, you know, that's your spirit. And that means that, you know, ultimately he can't touch you. No, it means what it means. The, the law of biblical interpretation is you take the scripture literal wherever possible. It's possible to take that literally. The wicked one cannot touch me. How can I say that? Because Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. The devil could have done nothing with Jesus had Jesus not chosen to allow it. The devil didn't kill Jesus. Jesus laid down his life. You understand? Hallelujah. The devil can do, oh, Lord, help me. The devil can only do what we authorize him to do. Either through, either through verbal command or ignorance. If I don't know, he can sneak in. If I give him a right through my words, he can sneak in. But the Bible says that he's ro roaming about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he made this statement. You resist him steadfast in the faith. And James said when you resist him, he flees. Why? Because I've been given authority over all the power of the devil. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, remember, let's look at Mark 4. Remember, Jesus, or we said earlier, faith and authority do not work on generalities. Mark chapter 4, let's start in verse 35. Am I helping you at all? And the same day when the evening was come, he saith to them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him as he was in the ship. There was also little ships with him. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. It was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said, Master, do you not care that we perish? Now notice what their authority was getting them. Perishing. Because we don't know how many times they said that before they woke Jesus up. Well, we better do something. We're not going to make it out of this. And he arose and said, guys, why didn't you wake me up earlier? I mean, the boat's off. No, he didn't say that, did he? He arose and rebuked the wind. 
and said. Notice, not generalities. Peace, be still. Is that right? Is that what he said? And what happened? The wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He got up and he said what he wanted to happen. And it wasn't just because it was Jesus. It was because he was a man under authority. It was because he exercised his authority because he asked the disciples what their problem was. Isn't that right? Look at it. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? In other words, you have authority over this. Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith in the authority you have? Hallelujah. You could have done the very same thing. But you have no faith in it. Remember when they brought the, the, the boy to the disciples of Jesus? And, and, and Jesus came down off the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And he saw the, the people disputing uh, with his disciples. And he went over and he said, why are you questioning them? And the man brought his son. And brought his son to Jesus and said, Lord, I brought my son to your disciples and, and to have this devil cast out. And they could not. That's, no, 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 they could have. Because just two, two chapters before, he gave them authority over all devils. They could have cast him out. Somewhere there was a disconnect. I don't know what they did. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they tried. But they tried something and it didn't work. And what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? He didn't say, well, you, you know, guys, I, I know you're in training. He said, you faithless generation. How long will I? And he wasn't talking to the boy's father. He was talking to his disciples. What do you not have faith in? Your authority. You, you should have took care of this situation. How long am I going to be with you? How long? In other words, how long am I going to be here? I can't exercise your authority for you. I'm not going to be here very long. That's why very often when we pray and we ask God to do something, God turns it back around and says, you do something. God cannot violate his word. If I'm, I will have what I say. And if I'm saying it and having it, God's not going to step in and intervene in what I said. Hallelujah. If I'm saying, for instance, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm just sick, I'm always sick, I don't know what's wrong, I'm just sick. Every time about this year, I get sick. Every time I get sick. Well, God's not going to step in and say, oh, just be healed. Not going to do it. Because I'm exercising my authority. I'm exercising my authority. I, I am authorizing sickness. I have the word. I have what he said. See, if you believe otherwise, then you're one of those people that believe God does just whatever he wants. And, and we're, just, we're just pawns. We're just marionettes. God's playing a puppet game. And he blesses who he wants, and he doesn't bless who he doesn't want. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the blessing is up to me. I've got to choose the blessing. I've got to choose life. I've got to choose victory. How do I choose it? With my words. I choose it with my words. I choose to overcome. How do you know you're going to overcome? Because I said I'm going to overcome. He said I'm more than a conqueror. He said I overcome all things. Through Christ, I'm going to authorize that overcoming, victorious, conquering mentality that arrive, that, are, that resides in my King and my Savior. I'm going to authorize it to operate in my life. I've got to authorize it. So Jesus said, what's the problem? You don't have any faith in your authority. Bring the boy to me. Right? And, and, and the boy, they were bringing him to him, and the boy fell out, went into a convulsion. And Jesus just backed up. I love I loved Jesus anyway, but I love, Jesus was cool. Je, Jesus was cool. He just backed up and said, 
How long has he been like this? Oh, since a boy. And then he told him all that happened. And Jesus saw the people coming and, and saw the boy over there wallowing and said he went over and laid hands on him and said, come out of him. And he tore him and left. See, understand how the enemy operates. He always wants to make you believe, try to make you believe that your authority is more minimal than it is. But think about this. If you tell him to go, got to go. Has to. Why? Because the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Hallelujah. I've been praying for people before in a prayer line. Not here. Nobody here. I've been praying for people before. And I'd go and I would say, what do you need? You're up here for something. What do you need? And I've had people say, well, you know, just whatever the Lord wants to give me. Well, you just need to go sit down. Because you're not operating your authority for anything. Right? Hallelujah. When, when I was a boy growing up, young man, I, I was uh, in a church in Amarillo, Texas. I was only 17, 18 years of age. And we had a, 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 an elder in that church. His name was Elder Stroh. Now, I don't know if he's passed or not, but he's probably not watching this, I hope. But man, he would pray, and he sounded like he was praying up a storm. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Send it on down, Lord. He'd even say, hit me in the head with it, Lord. And then he, ah, ah, ah. If that man ever got a prayer answered, I don't know it. I probably wasn't praying any better at the time. But here, here's the point. That always comes back to me. Oh, Lord, give it to me, Lord. Everything he was asking the Lord to give him had already been given. It requires the exercise of authority. Seed that you sow is exercising authority. When you sow seed, you are saying, I am owning this parcel of ground. Seed sown denotes ownership. I'm sowing a seed for this in my life. I own this in Jesus' name. It'll go the way I said it because I own it in Jesus' name. That's how it's going to be. Oh, hallelujah. So my point is, why didn't they get anything in that line? They, they were general, not specific. Right? Well, what, what are you in the line for? Well, I need the Lord to touch me. Well, what about? Well, you know, just touch me. There you go. <laughs> right? Remember that song we used to sing in church? Just embalmed with unbelief. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. Well, that's not New Testament. We're not reaching out to touch the hem of his garment anymore. We're seated with him. We're seated with him in heavenly places. We have received his garment. Glory to God. We're not touching his garment. We've got it on. He said, the same works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. I'm giving you this authority on the earth and then I'm ascending to my Father. I'm going to sit down at the right hand of power and authority and majesty on high. And I'm going to send back the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And he's going to empower you. He's going to fill you. He's going to give you the power that you need to go and exercise your authority so you can do the greater works. Hallelujah. I'm not just filled with the Holy Spirit to talk in tongues. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit as an empowerment to exercise my authority. Makes me bold in the exercising of my authority. Hallelujah. We're not just tongue talkers. We're Holy Spirit actors. We're Holy Spirit doers. We act in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit because that, that's, that's what carries our authority. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and it was specific. It was specific. Look, when you look through your word and you see where people receive, it was from specific requests. It was not from generalities. 
Lord, uh, uh, come to my, uh, uh, speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Is that right? What, what? Two blind men come to Jesus. They're blind. And Jesus asks something. What do you want me to do? They're blind. Right? Well, my toe hurts, Lord. No. They're blind. What do you want? What do you want? To receive our sight. According to your faith, be it unto you. Why didn't Jesus just lay hands on them and tell them, you're blind, be healed, be eyes open? Ah, they had to authorize it. They had to authorize it. Even the people in the mass healing meetings of Jesus, they had to show up and they had to hear and they had, then they were healed. Because the Bible says that Jesus went about all the cities and the villages and the synagogues preaching, teaching, healing. It says that twice in the Gospels. He went preaching, teaching, and healing. Glory to God. Do, do you see that? They authorized him to operate. They authorized him to function in their lives. That's, that's, what, that's what we've got to do. I'm off, you're, when you open your mouth and you say, I'm the healed of the Lord, you're authorizing God, the healing power of God to operate in your life. It's not enough just to take the word and go to 1 Peter 2.24 and quote it. You've got to quote 1 Peter 2.24, read it, declare it, and then you've got to say, I thank you that the healing power resident in 1 Peter 2.24 is flowing through my system right now, driving out sickness and disease and affecting a cure in my body in Jesus' name. I'm authorizing this word to work. That's why there are people that know what the word says. They read what the word says. They... They, they will tell you they believe what the Word says, but they won't declare what the Word says. What you believe is coming out of your mouth. What you don't believe is not coming out of your mouth. When you load your mouth up with the Word of God, your authority is acting in your life. Every time you look at your circumstances and you say, everything is going my way. My, my pathway is filled with light. There is no darkness. I am of God. God is light. God is love. I am of God. I walk in the light. Then light floods your path. Light floods your path. I've told people over the years, I'll be pastoring these churches 24 full-time years next month, uh, December, excuse me, this year. Never one time has anybody, ever one time, how long y'all been here, 17 years, 16, something like that? I promise you, ask them. They wouldn't lie. Nobody has ever heard me call my church small. If you want me to walk away with you, walk away from you in disgust, just call my church small. Because it's not small. It's not small. Smith Wigglesworth would say this, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. We're a thousand times bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. See, there's things the Lord's been telling me. He told me about September. He said there were things coming in September. And he made the statement to me. He said, September, he asked me, he said, what month is December? I said, it's the ninth month. He said, yes, September is the birthing month. And he said, you need to plan and prepare and get ready. He said, prepare the room, make things ready. The baby's coming. Glory be to God. Amen. Hey, amen. Now, you can take that personally, but that's for our ministry. That's for our ministry. Pastor Michelle, destiny image. Destiny, what did I say? Destiny, uh, destiny image. It's a, it's a book company. They got a hold of her testimony that she recorded, the 30-minute testimony that she recorded last, last uh, two weeks ago when she was in Kansas. And they put it on their YouTube channel. 19.4 thousand views in three days. Hallelujah. We've been, hold, we've been holding on to something for almost 30 years. It has been almost 30 years. A man of God came to the church that we were a part of in, in Goodlettsville, Tennessee, and called my wife out and made the statement to her. He said, your testimony will go around the world. Your testimony will affect the lives of people. Listen, she's whatever age she is. I don't know, and you don't need to know. But whatever age she is. Whatever age she is, here's right here. See, I'm 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 wise. I'm an authorized man. I'm wise. 
Amen. But here's, here's the point. How do I know that's going to happen? Because it was said, and we have never deauthorized it. When, when God says something to you, say what he said, and then don't deauthorize it. This, this is what's going to happen. And you answer every circumstance with what God said to you. Amen. Because you, you keep that authorization going. I know that sounds simple, but I'll see people, they'll say, well, you know, the Lord said this, but it hadn't happened. You just deauthorized it. The Bible says the word of God is sure. Is that right? Titus 1-2, God cannot lie. The word is truth. Amen. Well, think about this. When something is said under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know people can be fallible, but I need you to see this. That person is not inerrant, but what they said is inerrant. Because it's the Holy Ghost speaking. It's not canon, but it's the word of God nonetheless. If, 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 if someone comes up to Sister Sarah, a man or a woman of God, her pastor, Prophet Ford, someone that we respect, some, Pastor Caldwell, and they say, the Lord just told me this. And they say it straight. They, they don't embellish it. They don't add to it or take away from it. And they say something. That God just spoke to her. Now, he wants her to put that in her mouth and authorize the effect of it in her life. Amen. Do, do you see that? I, I remember in 2001, in 2001, 2001, Scott Webb came to our church in Kansas, and he made some statements about our church. And he, and he said, at that day, he said, I speak to that land out there. He said, he said I, 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 I don't know where it's at, but I see it in my spirit. And he said, I speak to that land, and I tell you to come to this body and come to this church so that this church can be the blessing and be the help to people that you want. And he went on and, and spoke about some things, and that's all coming. That's coming to pass. But he spoke some things. He said there is economic infusion coming to, the, to DeSoto, Kansas. There's economic infusion coming, and it's going to bring people, and this church is going to be perfectly positioned for the influx. And you know, for, for uh, all these years, 22, 23 years, it, you know, I'm not, I never said that the man missed it. But, you know, if you looked at it, businesses were leaving DeSoto. They weren't coming. Recently, the city just signed a contract with uh, Panasonic to make batteries for electric cars. It's going to infuse the economy with several hundred million dollars. 30,000 jobs. They're building communities left and right. Across the street, they built a brand new subdivision from the church. On the other side of the church, they're building a brand new subdivision. They're going up all over the place. My son is a trim carpenter in the area. And he said, Dad, we've got so much business, we don't know what to do with all of it. I could work from daylight to dark and never finish what I'm doing. You see, we never deauthorize that. Every time somebody would talk about how bad things were, we would declare what the Word of God says. Don't deauthorize it because it's my words. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I don't know where I need to go now. Hallelujah. Yeah, I do. Mark 11. Am I helping you? This is so important. And, and I, I can't preach on these subjects of authority and words without being thankful for Brother Charles Caps because it, it was him, it was him that God used, his voice. He talked about how the guy that, that knows he has authority and, and, and can speak to things, he said, but he looks at his hot water heater and he's always saying, you know, one of these days that hot water heater is going to go out. I hope it don't blow up, burn this house down. And he said he's got angels under his authority to protect him, to keep him in all his ways. 
And he said, but one day the angels are standing around and the hot water heater blows up, burns his house down. And he said, those angels don't know why the man wants his house to burn down, but he's been saying it. So they stand back and say, let her burn. Man, the Lord, the Lord used that for, for months after I heard him preach that. When I would start to say something negative, I'd hear, let her burn. Hallelujah. Made my hair stand up like his. But the, you understand? I, the Lord helped me see something early on in his ministry. It was not just the power of your words to get things. It was the power of your words to convey the desires of God into your life. Your words are the carriers of the desires of God. When God says, I desire that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, I fill my mouth with that, and I begin to speak that into my life. I'm conveying, I'm enabling, I'm empowering God's desires to operate in my life. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory. That's why I know everything's going your way. Because you said so. Amen. Hallelujah. Huh. Mark uh, 11. Let's look here at verse 12. On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. I like that because those phrases keep us in the understanding of the humanity of Jesus. Do you know God's never been hungry? He said that. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Because I own the cattle on a thousand hills. And the church I grew up in said there's a tater on every hill. So you can have steak and taters. <laughs> That's good. But he was hungry. Right? He, <laughs> he, he was a man. He, he's about to do something as a man. The Bible, and you know this, but I'll refer to it. The Gospels refer to Jesus more as the Son of Man than anything else. Because authority operates through men. The authority that God has, can operate in, in the earth must be operated through us. Because that's the only authorized vehicle. Your angels can't just act. They have to be authorized by your word. They, they know what should be done. You've got to loose them. You've got to direct them. Pastor Michelle was ministering in a, in a church one time and uh, uh, on a Friday night. And I was ministering, I, I had, well, I was, I think I had ministered Thursday and I was going to minister again Saturday. She was ministering Friday. And I was sitting on the front row and she was ministering. Uh, and I looked over against the wall and there was an angel standing there with his arms crossed. And this was a big brother. I, he, he, I, I'd never seen my angel before. He looked like Mr. Clean. I mean, he he had bowling ball delts. I mean, big didn't even have any arms on his on his on his garment. It had a neck like a fire hydrant. I'm glad he looks that way. And he was looking at me, looking right at me. And when when I looked up, we locked eyes, and he said, "This I've not been sent." And I thought, I've not been sent. And he said to me, he said, there are things you've been asking about, but you haven't sent me to go get them. And he was standing here like this, like I'm bored. How many believers, angels, are standing like this? Well, if they'd send me, I'd sure go. Right? Amen. Ed Dufresne. Now, I'm, I'm using these examples 
because on Sunday night, we have, we have more seasoned people. I'm not using this as, as scripture. I'm saying these are experiences, number one, from my life, number two, from trusted people. Ed Dufresne was in that meeting and, and uh, 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 one on, in the morning service. The Lord said, send your associate to go minister in the morning service. I want to talk to you about your finances. And he said, so he was there. And he said, I, I was praying some. And he said, you know, I, I, I thought I heard the door open. And, you know, he said back in that day, it wasn't uncommon for the hotel desk clerk to mistakenly double book your room or give somebody your key by accident. He said, I thought somebody came in the room with the key. And he said, I walked out into the out of the bedroom. It was a suite into the, the other room. And he said, two angels were standing there in full battle armor. And he said, the armor was dented. The shields were dented. And he looked at him. He said, why are you here? And he said, we've been sent to receive the command to go do something about your finances. There were things he was believing God for. But he had to send the angels to go help him do something about it. And he said immediately, the verse jumped to his mind, that the ministering spirits hearken to the voice of the word. And he sent him, and he said, go set my finances in order. And I don't have time to get into the whole story, but that, that was when he was believing God for that amount of money, for that building, they call it the Taco Bell building, it, it, right? In, in Fresh Oil Fellowship, they call it the Taco Bell angels that came. But he was believing God for uh, uh, $10,000 because he needed $10,000 to, 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 to uh, uh, finalize part of that uh, purchase for that building. And, and he got back to his office, and uh, his secretary said, there's a man out here to see you. And he thought he was a banker, so he sent his lawyer out. Because <laughs> the banker told him, you only got a certain amount of time, and we're going we're gonna to call you loan. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a banker. It was a guy, the lawyer came in and said, I think you better talk to him. He said, okay. The guy came in in a sweatsuit. Now, I know you young folks don't know much about sweatsuits nowadays. <laughs> they, <laughs> they called them track suits. Most of the guys that wore them never ran track in their life. Anyway, he came in, sat down, and he looked at Dr. Dufresne. And he said, I don't much care for you. I don't, I don't care for your ministry. You're too wild for me. Here's what he said, watch. But there have been two guys in my bedroom every night telling me to bring you a check for $10,000. He said, so I don't even like your ministry, but those guys are not going to let me sleep. Gave him the check. Well, that was part of it. A few weeks later, they, they, they had to make another payment for the building to be completely theirs. And he had a friend there ministering. And the guy got done, and he looked back, and there sat that guy in the tracksuit, sweatsuit. And he looked back, and under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he said, uh, Sir, come up here and obey God. And, you know, you, you remember how the doctor was. Do Dr. Dufresne said, I wanted to grab him and say, He's already obeyed God. But he came walking back up. And they gave him a microphone, and he looked at Dr. Dufresne. He said, those two guys are back. How much do you need to pay this thing off? And he told him. He said, done. Paid it off. Now, when did that start? When he authorized them to do something about it. Now, that wasn't flippant. Remember, some of you will remember, maybe you all remember, maybe you were there. I was, I was ministering, and I made the statement that if God had to wake your boss up to give you a raise, he'd do it. I got two boys that come to church. The, the, I call them the Wilder Bunch. They're the Wilder Brothers, Jeremy and Jamie. They've been here. Y'all know them. 
they, they work in concrete. And they're very talented, very hardworking boys. And uh, uh, <laughs> their boss called them one day and said, I want you all to come in the office in the morning, this morning. And they said, okay. They didn't know what was going on. They, they walked in. And he, and he looked at uh, Jeremy and he said, I'm giving you such and such hundred, hundreds of dollars a raise every month. And I'm giving you $2,500 as a bonus. Then he looked at his brother and he said, I'm giving you a raise of such and such amount uh, dollars per hour. And I'm giving you a bonus. And they said, well, thank you. He said, no, let me tell you something. I had a dream last night. He said, I dreamt that you left my company. And my company went under. And he said, I just want you to know I'll do anything to keep you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why when you're walking around on your job, you're saying, this company needs me. This company wants me. This, I'm a blessing to this company. Why, you're authorizing something. Your authority, the, the person in authority is not the authority. You're the authority on that. You're the authority. Oh, hallelujah. We never did finish Mark 11. Let me hurry. I got to be done in a moment. Am I helping you? Oh, you, 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 this is so, so rich. So he, he, he's a man, remember? And he saw a fig tree. Now, I think people focus too much on why the tree didn't have figs. Who cares? Who cares? That's not the issue. I had a lady in my office almost crying. I just don't know why Jesus cursed that little tree. My Lord, lady, you're missing the whole point. Jesus wasn't mad at the tree. He didn't throw a fit. He wasn't hangry. Right? He wasn't so hungry he was mad, throwing a fit. I'm going to kill you. No, it's an example of authority. Now, this, this is important. This is how you deal with things that are not bringing forth fruit in your life. Fruitless things in your life take the life and the energy from things you need. And notice, he answered that tree. That's important. He answered it. It was displaying lack. He answered it. I'm hungry. You're telling me you don't have what I need. I'm going to answer you. And he said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. Now think about this. Had he not put forever, he could have said a week, six months. He said forever. You know what happened. Mark says, the next day they noticed it was dead. Matthew says it withered presently. I like that. Because it tells me how quick his authority went to work. So what does that mean? Things you're believing God for, things that you need to stop, things that need to start, don't have to take forever. When you say it, it starts. Right now, that thing is withering. It won't be long. It'll just be a dried up branch. Why? Because you said it. It won't be long till the fruit is being produced in your life because you said it. My wife and I de declare over our ministry all the time, we are a fruitful vine. We're a fruitful vine in Jesus' name. We bring forth fruit. We have newcomers on a regular basis. We have easy keepers in the name of Jesus. We have strong, solid, mature believers that know how to operate in the Word and the Spirit. That's what we declare all the time. Hallelujah. That's why I know you're not fleshly. That's not why I know you're not offended. That's why, I, because, because we're having what we say. Glory to God. I've preached for ministers before, and they tell me how bad their congregation is. And I knew why. Because the shepherd was saying it. 
Hallelujah. You don't know how good you are. Hallelujah. You don't know how good you're going to be. How blessed you're going to be. Oh, we speak. Yeah, I speak over your marriages all the time. Father, thank you that every husband in my church loves his wife like Christ loves the church and willingly gives himself for her in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that we have no brawling women in our church. We thank you, Father, that we have no women that their husband wants to sit on a rooftop to get away from. Father, we have submitted women. We have virtuous women in our church. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. That's you. When I look at you, I see virtuous women. I see godly women. I see holy women. When I look at you, I see men that are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When I see you, I see good dads, good fathers, good husbands. I see men of God that are, that are soldiers in the army of God that are taking the two-edged sword in your mouth and are cutting the devil long, lean, and often. That's what I see. But I see it because we're saying it. Hallelujah. So notice what he said. He said in verse 20, in the morning as they passed by. Now, for the sake of our teaching, notice they saw what Jesus said. It's just a matter of time until you see what you've been saying. It's just a matter of time. Oh, hallelujah. Why? Because you've said it. It must happen. Must. It must. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You know, my wife tells me, she'll, she'll come to me every now and then, not very often, thankfully, but she'll come to me every now and then, she'll go, have uh, you slowed down talking about that? Has it slowed down? Yeah, it used to bother me. You're putting all the pressure on me. You can talk. <laughs> no, she understands something. You know, my, my wife is kind of that way. I'll say, well, honey, she'll go, you're the pastor. You're the head. You know, the hand can't out talk the head. I said, well, you're the co-pastor. She said, hmm, co-pastor, I help you. <laughs> but, but isn't that interesting that she can recognize if I slow down talking? I think that's interesting because, because something slows down. I'll end with this. Charles Capp said that the Lord said to him that words are to your faith what thrust is to an airplane. The more you're speaking it, the faster it's moving. Well, well, now why? Because words carry our authority. It's, it's not just you'll have what you say just because they're words. You'll have what you say because they carry your authority. If, you, if, if, if you're raising children or have raised children, it's an exercise in authority. It's an illustration of authority. When you tell a child, they come and they say, uh, uh, you know, Lily. Lily likes to go out the front door, around the front of the house, down, the, she calls it her secret pathway, down beside the side of the house to the side gate. But there are times people will be out working. They're building the house up on the hill. People will be working. There's people out there I don't know, you know, kind of parked, and some of them, you know, close to the house. And I'll tell her, no, baby, I, I, I don't want you to go that way right now. Just go out the back door. Well, now think about this. There's no electric fence that's stopping her from going out the front door and going through the side gate. It's my word. Somebody could ask her, why didn't you go around the side gate? Because daddy said no. Daddy said no. I didn't chain her to the post. I said no. Right? 
Did you see that? So what stopped her? My word. Well, she could have overrode those words. Exactly. You can override your words. Hallelujah. I said no. So there's a barrier in my words. How do I know no evil will befall you? Because you said it. Isn't that right? Let, let me end with this. There was a man one time, you may have heard this story, but I, I, I love it so much because it just illustrates our point. He was on a, uh, an aircraft, and the, the aircraft he was on was on the tarmac, uh, jump, uh, jumbo jet, if I remember correctly. In any event, there was another aircraft that was coming in, and I don't know exactly what happened, but those aircraft collided. And he said, his testimony, he gave this testimony at a full gospel businessmen's conference. And his testimony was, I saw the fireball start at the front of that plane. And he said it was coming down the aisle and I could smell flesh burning. And he said it was moving so fast, I only had time to say, Jesus. And he said one minute I was in that aircraft, the next minute, I was several hundred yards standing looking at it burn. You know why he had said this that morning? He said, when I go through the fire, it will not, it will not kindle around about me. He said it. He said it. Now, I don't know if he was the only one that said it, but he's the one I know about. One man was in, uh, what, what was it, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the, of the country uh, that had the, not, not Japan, it was before that, a tsunami, and uh, just a devastating tsunami. Uh, uh, I forget, an, an Asian country, ex exotic Asian country. And there was a man staying in a hotel there, and uh, he got up that morning, and he declared, Father, today, as I go about my day, no evil will befall me. No matter what comes, I will not be affected. This is his testimony. He stepped off the elevator, walked into the foyer. It's a gr big grand hotel, had huge columns, huge columns. And just as he stepped into the foyer, and just as he stepped behind that huge column, that wave hit that hotel and busted all of that glass and steel out, never touched him because he was behind that column. There are people that died all around him, and he wasn't touched. Why? Because he said it. Because he said it. Because he said it. Where you're at is not the end unless you say it is. If you say it's the end, it's the end. It's not the end. Your best days are ahead of you. Because you say so. Right? Why are you not experiencing shortage? Because you don't expect to be affected. Why, why? When the world says times of refreshing what do you, or times of recession, what do you say? Times of refreshing. And what do you get? Times of refreshing. Because you said so. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't it, isn't it good to know how to use your faith? Isn't, isn't it good that you don't have to crank it up when something happens? It's just there. You just, you just know how to use it. Oh, glory to God. Isn't God good? Let's stand up tonight, shall we? I pray that you receive tonight. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The birthing month is upon us. We got the room ready. The baby's coming. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Isn't God good? Amen. Of course, Wednesday night, uh, we'll be back uh, ministering the word of God, believing God for some great, 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 great things. Don't forget, September 11th, Sunday evening, Pastor Paul will be back with us uh, ministering the word of God.
uh, in October. Uh, of course, Brother Jesse will be with us. And so Jesse Duplantis, so we're excited about that. Now, that meeting is going to be held in the Maumelle Event Center, all right? Uh, because we just, uh, the more we did the math and the more we crunched the numbers, <laughs> we just didn't have room. And so that's okay, though. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, so that's that's where it's going to be held. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, that, that has no effect on, on us as a church other than we can get more people in that building. And so uh, we're believing God for great, great things. Amen. I think it's October 12th. Is that right? Am I thinking, am I right about the 12th? 12th? of October, and so uh, we'll be getting more information to you as we go, amen, hallelujah, say it with me tonight, would you, the vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God, you and I will always be world changers, God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.